0: Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and now you can enjoy all your favorite electric surge podcasts on the Electric Now channel. Download Zumo, Distro TV, Stir, and the Electric Now app, where you can enjoy great television and movies from Electric Entertainment, as well as all your favorite electric surge podcasts like the 430 movie, Inglorious Trexperts, The Best Movies Never Made, The Rebel and the Rogue, a Star Wars podcast, and coming soon, Two On Who, a Doctor Who podcast. Need to make a call? Look for a police call box. That's where you'll find Two on Who, the new Doctor Who podcast from Electric Surge. Two on Who is available wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like Star Trek, you'll love Trek experts in which our experts, Mark A. Altman and myself, Darren Doctorman, talk Trek every Saturday wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Welcome to the Rebel in the Road podcast. I am your host, Bevan, and my co-pilot to my right bottom screen is Jessa Tobias. Say hi. Hello,
2: everybody. Thank you for joining us today. We have an amazing guest on. But first, let's just say hello to our commander, Mr. Peter Holt.
1: Commander. How hello there. Are you doing, Peter, Peter <laughs> He's in
2: there. But Peter was kind enough to reach out and bring in Mr. You continue
0: with it, Peter. Oh, uh, our guest today is Jonathan Wilkins. He started, didn't start, but he was the editor for Star Wars Insider from 2007 through 2017, I think, Jonathan. And then now you're the editor at large at Titan Magazines, I believe. It's t- t- something like that. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, welcome I, to I, the I, show. Thank you so much for being here.
3: Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. At last, what... Why have you waited so long to have me on your podcast we were uh,
0: building up the tension and the suspense you know it's the big review right (laughs)
3: like there isn't enough tension and suspense (laughs) in the world now as it is true. a little bit more
1: (laughs) we just want to release the tension now by pulling back the curtain and bringing you in
3: yes
1: (laughs) to the threshold wow there you go
3: perfect okay right that's that's okay right (laughs) i I better deliver okay (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: deliver all you want. So Jonathan, yeah. how uh, how are things going today? How are you doing?
3: Things are going very well,
0: yeah, very um,
3: nice and busy. We've got a, a number of Star Wars um, pro- projects in the pipeline, some Mandalorian uh, magazines and books and uh, some, um, some other stuff that I'll oh, probably Mention a bit later, but um, you can't
2: talk about it. It's all kind of loosely implied. What's happening?
3: Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll sort of, I'll, I'll do a wink and uh, sure. if, you say, if you, if you want to guess, I'll just wink when you say the right thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Two blinks uh, for yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I was laughs> <a borrowed> hostage. <laughs> yeah. What
1: you're trying, what you're trying to say is there's a blaster underneath the table, <laughs> and Han will shoot first if you say anything.
0: True. Yeah. Basically. I should say too for the uh, I should say too for the people in the audience who might not be aware. Star Wars Insider is a bi-monthly, I think it is or is it a four times a year magazine um, that is all focused on Star Wars and it's been in publication since I believe uh, 94, something like that. and uh, it's just been a wonderful great resource for Star Wars content, for news and for information. Uh, based on Star Wars and nothing but. Star
1: Wars. Peter, according to online, it's actually 1987.
0: What? It began. What? It, wow. But it had a sort
3: of dubious. Or it's a dubious it had a um, an interesting start because it started off as a fan magazine, really called Bantha Tracks, which oh. was even even earlier than that. And from that, it became the Lucasfilm. Uh, magazine but which sort of is <laughs> a Lucasfilm fan club magazine which launched at the time when they were taking a break from Star Wars so there were lots of um lots of things on Willow and Tucker a man in his dream uh you know and really I think all the letters they got were just when Star Wars coming back you know we want more <laughs> Star Wars <laughs>
1: right
2: that's interesting Jonathan um we we had the um uh, Craig Miller came on the show and he was part of Lucasfilm in the late 70s, early 80s, part of their uh, their 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 publicity push for getting obviously Star Wars A New Hope out there and then pushing into Empire. He left Lucasfilm, I think, early on in the Empire run, but he was also around in the beginning of the conception of Bantha Tracks. And he talks about it in his book, uh, My Life in the Death Star Trenches. So it's cool to see the maturation and how that has kind of grown throughout the process and keeping the fans up to speed. And I can even remember Star Wars Insider. I had a job in high school at a place called Walden Books and it was like a Barnes and Noble you know kind of place where you just go and grab whatever publication the comics graphic novels but then novels and whatnot fiction nonfiction and I remember right around the time the uh, the prequels were starting to ramp up again and you know I'd pick up the Star Wars insider and flip through it and just get pumped and jazzed to see what was what was coming down the pipeline
3: oh yeah I mean it's it's interesting what well, one of the things I've been working on is putting together, looking back over some old issues and finding some old interview snippets and Rick McCallum doing his uh, prequel update, uh, Mm. which is absolutely, you know, it's really exciting. I mean, it was the same every issue. It was like, you know, George hasn't finished the script yet. (laughs) you know, we're, it's, it's going to feature the droids and, you know, and then there'd always be the question, how are things going with the new Indiana Jones? Yeah, we've got a script, mm-hmm. but we need everyone mm-hmm. to like it. No, and it's the same every issue, but it's, it's kind of exciting to look back on that and those days when there's that anticipation of, you know, finally more Star Wars. Yeah, we got we to gotta ask you
2: a tough question before we uh, dive in. Okay. Sequel trilogy fan, prequel trilogy or original trilogy? Do you have a favorite?
1: Oh, that's harsh to start right hey, out. Hey, we gotta warm run in
2: here. Yeah, you gotta wow. Warm up. You gotta warm him up. You gotta warm them up.
1: I mean, I was gonna ask how he first got involved. I thought that was a <laughs> warm up, and then go into. Hi, <laughs> by the way, tell us your real feelings.
2: <laughs> Feel um, free to deflect it, Jonathan, if you need to. Feel free to deflect.
3: What was that question? How did I first get involved? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, well, the thing is, is that. I was, uh, <laughs> With Star Wars, I think that your Star Wars is always the first Star Wars you see, mm. and I'm mm-hmm. I'm of I'm of such a vintage that the first Star Wars movie I saw was The Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. um, and I have to say, and I I was young, it was it wasn't my fault, but I saw a pirate video of The Empire Strikes Back, oh. so it was a pirate video which. A next door neighbor had because the next door neighbor um my friend next door her dad was a policeman and had confiscated a pirate <laughs> copy of right and then just took it home and we all watched it and we were absolutely blown away so that was that was my first um star wars experience and and you know from that point of course you buy all the figures and and it takes over your life um but I think, yeah, I think that's definitely my Star Wars. That said, um, if I really wanted to dodge the question, I would say that like George Lucas did <laughs> <clears throat> that. Um, all um, it, it's all one story; it's one big movie. Mm. You know, it it's Darth, starts off, you know, Darth Vader, little boy, and ends with. Um, uh, Emperor Palpatine's daughter becoming a uh, Skywalker, so I know that wasn't necessarily Georgie's intention, but that's it tells a whole story. If you
2: like, mm-hmm. good answer, good answer, Jonathan.
0: So what good you're answer. saying is your favorite thing is uh, the droids animated TV show, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Christmas yeah. special, it's amazing, special. <laughs> no, yeah,
1: yeah. He, he wants the Christmas special, he doesn't want the droids animated
0: TV, show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Jonathan, I uh. I have to ask. I uh I had the pleasure of talking with uh, Dan Madsen a few weeks ago. Um and he talked about how he came he came in and and formed uh Star Wars Insider and took took over the Lucasfilm fan club and such and it's fantastic. But he had to sell the company that he he founded in 99 I believe. And for a few years, you know, the magazine kind of stumbled a bit as it changed hands, it changed ownership quite a bit. And then I think Titan took it over in 2007 around the time that you came on, correct? Yeah,
3: that's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I And I remember too, even at the time in, in the fandom, there was this awareness when that happened that, Oh, the magazine's actually getting a whole lot better than it had been in the previous few years. And I think a lot of that is attributed to your own editorial uh, work. Um, so I'm just curious.
3: Uh, yes, I, yes, I agree. <laughs>
0: I'm just curious like a how did you how did you get involved with Star Wars Insider and b when you when you came on board, did you come in with a certain editorial edict or you know a game plan about how to make a magazine better?
3: Um, wow, okay, so I came on board because I started at Titan Publishing working as a deputy editor on a magazine called Dreamwatch, which you guys will probably not have heard of. I don't think anyone listening to this would have heard of, which which actually folded um, about two issues <laughs> after I started. So, um, so my my editor on that title just one day casually said, "Do you like Star Wars?" Um, and of course, if someone asks you that, of course the answer is yes. <laughs> Even if I didn't like Star Wars, I would have said yes because you know working on Star Wars would be would be very cool. So I said yes, and so I was brought on as deputy on, on Star Wars Insider, kind of watched for about three or four issues as to what worked and what didn't work, what, I mean, what I liked and what, you know, I felt wasn't quite so engaging with fans or with, you know, with me personally as a fan, you know. You, um, and then, yeah, then... Uh, then he he left and I got promoted, and that corresponded with the start of the Clone Wars. Mm. Mm. So once the Clone Wars animated show started, that was a, a new fresh content that was coming from George Lucas. Um, he was behind it, and obviously Lucasfilm were very keen to for us to feature that. We got lots of nice exclusives. Um, we regularly interviewed Dave Filoni, who is just a Star Wars expert uh, beyond beyond uh, all reason he's one of those people that every so often I would do an interview with him and his PA would say right you've got eight minutes and it'd be like oh yeah. wow and so I'd start to ask a question and he would just talk solidly for eight minutes and it was just amazing yep. stuff like really cool stuff um, so that was really useful but yeah you the, the, really the clone Wars was was kind of my era of insider. And that was the stuff that we covered the most, which, you know, every season of that show, it just seemed to grow and grow and get better and better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it, it kind of, you know, obviously there are some people that weren't so keen on the prequels. Um, I don't know any, do you? Not, um, not, not and, one. Uh, <laughs> not anybody. Uh, we don't like anybody. those people. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, hey. But that, that—that seemed to kind of bring them back, and it seems to say, "Look, this is expanding the story, and this is, you know, captures the feel in a way of the original trilogy." Um, so it had such a good fan reaction that it it worked worked for us as a magazine, definitely.
1: I definitely loved and enjoyed the Anakin and the Clone Wars series a yes. lot better than I did the prequels. I'm just going to throw that out there, um, <laughs> but no. Um, but you know, it's the Clone Wars. Is uh, I grew up with that too, uh, and the cartoon. And Ahsoka Tano has just—I saw her blossom from just being Anakin's Padawan mm. to being like a full-fledged fan favorite. I was actually talking to somebody else that said, "I just started Star Wars, and I love Ahsoka Tano." Mm-hmm. And it's like you don't usually hear that in a sense. Was like, "I just started Star Wars, and I love Ahsoka Tano." Usually, it's like, "Oh, and I love Han Solo or Luke Skywalker or Ray or the big guys." But somebody says, "I love Ahsoka Tano," and it's mm-hmm. like that's a testament to the Clone Wars.
2: Yeah, very, very interesting. And just for our, our listeners out there, Jonathan, um, mm-hmm. can you clarify for them, did you come in the short snippet Cartoon Network Clone Wars run, or did you come in when the series went to Disney XD, the 3D live, like animated series? It, it
3: was, yeah, it was originally on, um, I'm trying to think the channel. Uh, the was Cartoon Network on, over here. Cartoon Network, thank you. Um, but yeah, so it was the, the 3D animated version, which, have to say, it's funny you say about Anakin Skywalker because um, the guy who plays in Lanter, we interviewed quite a number of times and one of the celebration conventions, it was, it's kind of funny, he, he walked past our booth, we were selling magazines and he kind of came over and said, oh, hey, I've got to go to a panel somewhere and I don't know where it is, do you have a map? And I said, look, I know where it is, I'll show you where it is. And so I'm walking along with him. And we walk past the Hallmark cards um, stand, and there is the most piercing scream. It's almost like the Beatles. You know when you see the Beatles playing on stadium, <laughs> and there's, yeah. And there's, there are people screaming, and of course I'm just looking around thinking, what? why are these people? Have they seen a, you know, Darth Vader or what? And of course they're screaming for Matt Lanter because he was. He was in Beverly Hills, nine oh two one oh, and um, yeah. so so the, all these ladies on the stand came over to, to talk to him and get his phone number or whatever, and uh, <laughs> and I, I, I kind of left into it, and I still to this day remember the look on his face as he turned round and saw me going, and he, a look of utter fear. Um, yeah, it's quite quite the moment.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, the Anakin, question, you you talked Anakin. about how. Uh, your first experience with Star Wars was on a pirated video. And it does occur to me that like, mine too was on a television set, right? And so for a lot of people it would have been in a movie theater and for a number of generations or a number of people it was through their TV, right? And now we're seeing people like Victoria said about how uh, they're experiencing the Clone Wars the first time. And I'm, I'm curious during your tenure at Star Wars Insider, like what really struck you about the changing dynamics in Star Wars fandom?
3: Um, Well, the other thing you've got to remember that really happened in that period was the internet really taking off. Um, So you would really have people discuss, fans coming together to discuss Star Wars like you haven't seen before, like to discuss the intricacies of the story. Now, when I was a kid, you know, watching the original trilogy in the early 80s and, you know, through the 80s, it was goodies versus baddies and there wasn't, you know, as far as we can say, that was it. But then when you look, there's so much more to it. And that was amplified, I think, by the Clone Wars and by the themes in the Clone Wars. And that, that, the letters that we actually got in the magazine reflected that. And there were people saying, you know, oh, it's really interesting. This is obviously referring to... Whatever it was referring to at the time, the different storylines. There was um, there were numerous like little political things in there, which you know, George Lucas. I don't think he gets enough credit. He is quite a political filmmaker, actually. <laughs> yes. Um, so um, we noticed a lot of that. Also, though, with Phantom, and I think it, it has. This is the bit that's really increased. There is a real sense of ownership over. Star Wars, but I think people who have grown up and bought the toys, the Lego, the you know the comic books, the video games, the books, they really feel that it's part of their lives and there is a sense of ownership. It's like um, you know buying a season ticket to for, to watch football or baseball or whatever you know and so mm-hmm. so people you know rightly or wrongly it's not my decision to say people do have strong opinions and if they don't like something you know they will let you know um <laughs> yes and which is which is which is which is fine if they're coming at it with a reason oh, i don't like this because this character wouldn't do this because we've established that this you know and, and then you can have a decent chat about it and discuss it in an adult way but
1: mm-hmm.
3: as long as as long as that's President, I don't think there's anything wrong with people questioning um, stuff in Star Wars or, or you know anything that they're a fan of. It's part of being a fan. Fan, you know, fan. If you're a fan, it's shortened version of fanatic. <laughs> so um, we're in Star Wars fanatics. So uh, it, it kind of, um, of course, you can have an opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Were you always a fan, Jonathan, or did you grow into one? I mean, how did your
2: process you know, start with Star Wars? When was your first love affair with Star Wars?
3: Well, my first love affair with was the action figures and having, I mean, my first love affair was, like anyone else, uh, well, like most people I think, was uh, Carrie Fisher, <laughs> <laughs> really adoring Carrie Fisher. And, uh, or,
1: or Harrison Ford. Okay, or, all right. Or Harrison
3: all right. Ford, or Harrison Ford. He's a dashing um, gentleman. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: You're there like a nerf herder.
3: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Or indeed any cast member. But, but, but yeah, certainly in my case, it was was Carrie Fisher. And I can can remember being heartbroken. Um, Mm -hmm. My mum had a, uh, like, a a magazine, and there was an interview with Carrie Fisher in it. And I I remember saying, oh, wow, Princess Leia, and looking at the pictures. And then there was a picture, and it was, I just remember the caption, it was, Carrie and her husband Paul Simon, and I just—what? <laughs> Hang on a second. Like, you know, I'm I'm seven years old. Why is she not waited for me? Why is she married? Why is she married the amazing singer songwriter Paul Simon? You know, I mean, you know,
1: oh god, she was like, oh,
2: waiting oh, for yeah, you, Jonathan. But, uh, she was waiting for you to mature. She was waiting for your maturation yeah, yeah.
3: point. Yeah, no,
2: Jonathan.
1: I, it's okay. It didn't work out. So.
3: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, uh, uh, that's very sad. But um, but yeah. So um, so very sad sadly. So that was that was kind I'm of. I just
1: trying uh,
3: to help you out. <laughs> that that was a bit. You know, a, of course, any woman would want to marry a, a young man who has an action figure of her at home. You know, that's a, <laughs> the ultimate. Yeah. The the ultimate. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, what happened, I think, is that there was that period where Star Wars, it was so intense, and then in about 1884 or eighty five, there was just this massive drop-off where mm. there were no new films on the horizon. It just, you know, I, I remember it being quite a sudden thing that, you know, around, around my neighbourhood, we all moved on to Masters of the Universe. <laughs> um, <Yes>. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to say that.
0: Oh. Um you had the Dolph Bunker National figure didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Did
2: you have Snake Mountain, um, Jonathan? Jeff you have Snake Mountain where you can talk into the microphone. microphone? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, oh my God. I went to
3: hospital to have my tonsils out and what I, what was I given? Snake Mountain. So I had no tonsils, couldn't really speak. I <laughs> had this microphone that I couldn't use.
2: Perfect. <laughs>
3: um so yeah, so so I kind of moved on to that. But then it Star Wars, it sort of had that resurgence in the early nineties and they did yeah. You Know, um, they did those weird beefed up action figures where Luke Skywalker had the, the, had the body of Dolph Lundgren, yeah, yeah, and, and it, they were really weird. I mean, they were, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I can remember the Luke Skywalker figure from episode four. He had like you know his white tunic on, and I remember he's got like rippling pecs, <laughs> yeah, and, like <laughs> <stretch> <laughs> <around>. yeah. <laughs> Like, man, Luke has been he's been working out on Tatooine, really working out, <laughs> um.
3: And so, so yeah. And at that point, it was I kind of I didn't collect those figures, but it was there was an awareness. I, I read the books, the Timothy Zahn books. and I kind of enjoyed them, but I felt, you know, the 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 movies were really where it was at. And then the special editions, and that from that point on, um, yeah, from that point on, it was it was like oh, this is a forever thing. Star Wars is, you know. It's something that's gonna stay with me forever.
0: You know, that's funny. Awesome. I'm sorry, Bevan, Go ahead.
1: No, no, no you're you're fine. Oh. You have a thought.
0: The, the yellow bar went to your screen, so I was like, "Oh no, I, I interrupted her." <laughs> it's <laughs> Zoom courtesy. Yes. So we're learning it. We're learning the Zoom courtesy. <laughs> that's right. Very important.
1: It's all good. It's
0: fine. Um, no, I was just I was just gonna say it. It, uh, it is so interesting that we remember the period between 85 and basically 91 to be this like huge dark void for star wars it's called the dark times right in star wars fandom and yet we don't really think of like the period between the prequels and the sequels or even like the clone wars ending and the sequel you know there's no like the void was filled in a way in in a way that it wasn't quite as much in in 85 to 91 right and you know
1: besides those epic novels what are you talking about peter
0: no no i mean like before you know the zahn novels came out in 91 yeah, yeah. so you had like about a six year period where lucas was saying no we don't want to do anything related to star wars or, or mm-hmm. to let it sit for a bit
3: Look, I, I guess there were i mean there were the, the, the aforementioned droids and ewoks cartoons but I, it was kind of strange i i kind of never really got into those they always see you know and i, I don't want to denigrate anyone that's put that was behind making them and you know they were of their time and I know they've got a cult following now and all those things but to to my mind they were almost like they weren't the full Star Wars once you've done once you've made Star Wars the Empire drives back Return of the Jedi it has to be at that level if it's if it's you know um and I don't want to break any hearts on but if it's at the level of say the Ewok movies, as yeah. fun as they are. They're amazing. I, think, yeah. I uh, what I've got to say though, I've always wondered like Wicket can talk in those. Yeah. I know. Yeah. know like Wilfred
2: uh, it's
0: Brimley, a, people. Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> yeah. it, it was a tough period.
2: I think for myself, like what I what I was using was a lot of the comics, like in the expanded universe, I was loving a lot of the tales of the Jedi stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I really, really enjoyed that comic line through Dark Horse. I mean, these stories about a millennia prior, 25,000 years before the battle of Yavin, it was just cool Mm -hmm. to kind of build out where this mixture of medieval tech could maybe grow into what we saw in the original trilogy that we got used to. And that's kind of what, after I consumed, you know, the Jedi Academy trilogy, uh, the Heir to the Empire trilogy, that was all we had. You know, we just had like these expanded stories and minimal video games at that point too. So it, it was, it's interesting now what, what we have, it's almost, it's coming at you at light speed, if you will, with, you know, we're getting more live action shows being brought to us. Marvel has, you know, an immense amount of uh, publications going on. I mean, Lando has his own comic Han has his own comic. Dr. Afra, you know, you just have so many stories. Now you can really dive into, um, as a Star Wars fan, it's great. And I always say more Star Wars is great. So
1: you know, but it's interesting though, because for me, I didn't really feel that there was a big lull, but that's because when I got into Star Wars, you know, I was born a little bit I was born, I think, after You star Young. Wars. Star. Yeah. <laughs> you young. I know, you. right. So for me, like it's it's like Star Wars was always there. Like the second I like uh got into it and watched it, which was my first movie was Return of the Jedi on a, a TV screen, my mom would just pop it in there and I was like, Oh, that's cool. And then I remember I think it was like Four, four years, four, four or five years later, it was like, oh, and here's the story of Darth Vader. I'm like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So I remember Star Wars kind of always being present and not that dark ball in there.
3: I, I you remember the good times.
1: Yeah. I remember the good times.
3: I, th- I think that's a, actually quite interesting that something that Lucasfilm has done really well is always bringing a new audience into Star Wars, a new younger audience they haven't now I love Star Trek I think Star Trek's great but I don't think Star Trek has has necessarily succeeded at doing that as well as Star Wars I don't think they've necessarily brought in the you know like the Clone Wars brought in this whole new young audience that essentially has sort of you know kept the brand going for another however many decades. I mean, that that's that's the thought, like, we will never see all of Star Wars. <laughs> it's going to go on beyond beyond. Our lives, he said in a, quite a sobering thought. <laughs> <deal. Sorry. laughs> um. you know,
1: it's, it's interesting, Jonathan, you said that because I also, I, I interviewed Gene Roddenberry, and he was a fan, not Gene, sorry, Rod Roddenberry, um, and he was a fan of Star Wars before he was a fan of Star Trek, uh, which his oh. dad was embarrassed about. He was like, why? And he, he explained to me actually on camera, he's like, here's my thing about Star Wars, that they were doing very well, especially for younger audiences and kids. There was clearly a bad guy and a good guy, and there was war going on, and there was action and all that stuff, where Star Trek was more about diplomacy back back in the day and stuff like that. So as a kid, he wanted, you know, to be Luke Skywalker going in there and taking down Darth Vader, where they didn't really have that as much in the Star Trek universe.
3: Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. And Star Trek, it seems to me the recent Star Trek. Sorry to get onto Star Trek here with wrong yeah. podcast, but but it's the recent Star Trek shows which I've really enjoyed, have been really adult. They've yeah. really got mm-hmm. the you know, let's not bring any kids, let's, let's, um, I won't say the word because this is, a, I'm sure, a family podcast, but they, they kind of effed and blinded, as we would say here in London, mm. <laughs> um, which, which doesn't isn't exactly conducive to attracting a young audience. Yeah,
0: right. It's interesting, though, too, because, uh, Star Wars is at uh, the dynamic of it has changed so much over the last, you know, two decades, let's say, right? Like when in 99 the internet was still very new. There wasn't as much interaction like you were talking about before. And now it's it's such an integrated thing, you know. Like you if you wanted, you could just live and breathe Star Wars all the time. And for you, you made this into a career, right? Um, I'm wondering, like, how has your relationship with Lucasfilm changed since the Disney acquisition?
3: Oh. Um it hasn't
1: really. Okay.
3: Lucas Lucas a very I mean Lucasfilm still like it's it's pretty much the same. I mean we let Disney know what we're doing, but it you know and they they obviously have Opinions and work, but really, it's not really a big change. I mean, Lucasfilm has always felt like you know, for a company making these huge films and this with this huge franchise, it's always felt like quite a small company. And I think they have kind of retained that sense of what George Lucas built up—that it's you know, it's obviously a very friendly company, and um, everyone's very passionate about Star Wars or Indiana Jones or you know whatever the. We're working with at the time so yeah I haven't, I haven't really noticed a big um change as such i will have to have i'll, I'll look out now and
0: see if that I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> mm, thank
1: you.
0: it's the way they're signing their emails that's what it is <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: <little bit> <laughs> jonathan how has the magazine um uh, how does the magazine like attack like things like, for instance, with this last trilogy that came up, a lot of the fandom was divided on The Last Jedi and even some fans were even divided about The Rise of Skywalker. When you see that temperament happening on the internet and with the fandom, how do you approach that and be like, okay, here's what we're going to talk about versus here's what we're not going to bring into the insider, if you will?
3: Yeah, um, that's an interesting question. I mean, the thing is, it like... Nobody wants to pick up a Star Wars magazine and us be saying how rubbish Star Wars is because it's A, right. not, and B, it's... Our, what we're trying to do in Star Wars Insider is celebrate Star Wars. And, right. um, you know, obviously we're aware there are fans that don't like certain things in Star Wars in, in all through Star Wars since, since day one. I mean, you know, it, it's... Um, I think... Uh, and that's fair enough they pay for the ticket to see the movie you can you can have your opinion but mm-hmm. I think what we do is we we kind of look at the I think the best way to describe it we look at what what we like in a Star Wars film now that might not be what someone else likes there might be certain characters like mm-hmm say, Jar Jar Binks, for example, I know he's a controversial character, people haven't liked Jar Jar Binks, but we've done articles in the magazine that are celebrating him and saying, look, hey, this is a movie, guys, and this is, you know, he's... The brilliant thing about Jar Jar Binks is that whatever you might think about him as a character, he's... People didn't question... Him as a special effect, which is what he was. You know, he's a, he's a mm-hmm. the first CGI character in a movie. So, what we would do, really, um, in terms of uh, in terms of like a split in fandom, which I don't, I'm not sure, I quite believe that there is quite such a split in fandom. I think there are, there are a lot of people that. You know, if you like something, you're not necessarily going to shout as loud as if you don't like something, and it, right. you get lots of people sort of speaking. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we might touch on stuff that people don't like, or we may, might include that, but not um, not really in a way that you know, we're not we're not there to point out stuff that we don't like yeah if we get a letter from someone saying i don't like something in star wars we 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 would publish it but we wouldn't necessarily uh agree well, and I have to
0: say, uh, oh, someone, I'm so
1: sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> no I was so... just curious.
0: I, <laughs> I have to say, like as someone who has always loved Jar Jar Binks, <laughs> <that> I, <laughs> I greatly appreciate that insider takes a a more positive view of these things. And you know, I know for myself, like I found, uh this whole podcast network just by listening to Inglorious Trexperts. And the reason I got into it was that it wasn't a hate fest. It was just, they were talking about the things they loved and extolling the things they love. And that sort of positivity was very refreshing in this era where, you know, Twitter can seem very negative when you're on there. So I very much appreciate Insider's uh, take on that. And I've always done that. So, yeah.
3: And the, thing, the thing you have to remember as well, there's, there's lots of things in the original trilogy that people are aren't necessarily enamored with like Boba Fett getting, you know, walloped into the Sarlacc pit by a blinded Han Solo. Yeah. It, you know, after all the build, oh wow, he's such a cool character. Such a, oh, what? That's it? <laughs> um, but, the, but I remember saying to Jeremy Bullock once, he said name dropping, saying to Jeremy Bullet once, like, you know, how did you feel about that? He said, well, if Boba Fett had had a cool fight and, you know, been, dispatched in a cool way of you know being shot by hand Solo or whatever it would have been a moment in the film but people still talk about wow what happened that was such a weird thing what he's he's in the sarlacc pit Is he going to get out of the sarlacc pit is what's what what next what next so so stuff that people don't and you know the Ewoks for example yeah. I, I remember there was a there was a period where people really didn't like the Ewoks now I think we've kind of gone past that now, and people are like, "Yeah, actually, that's that's. It would be very boring to end Return of the Jedi with, you know, a big battle of spaceships against another big battle of spaceships, and not have any sense of fun with it, and any sort of, you know, anything unique or original. I mean, where else are you going to see a tribe of savage teddy bears defeating a <laughs> defeating an empire? And it's it's a Star Wars thing." Like George Shagged Lucas, dead but, dead you know, dead. when when people were criticizing Phantom Menace, he he I remember George Lucas saying, yeah, it, it's Star Wars, it's not the Terminator. Yeah. You know, <laughs> come on guys, we've, we've,
0: we've, there's a, there's there's a likeness to it, you know. And yeah. Uh,
3: yeah, I think that's fair enough.
0: I was amazed yeah. by how uh, I was so heartwarmed when I went to celebration in Chicago this past uh, this past year and they did that Phantom Menace 20th anniversary panel and uh, I think you were there, right? Um, but uh, it was so heartwarming to see just how many fans of this film there were, and they were all very genuine. And like Lucas was correct in the sense of the kids, the people that grew up with this film are, are going to love it when they become adults. And now we are seeing a lot of positive uh, outpouring for the prequel films in a way that we didn't before. I was amazed when I, I've been doing some research, reading through old um, Starlog magazines, and I was amazed to read that there was a huge backlash about C-3PO in The Empire Strikes Back. Cause I guess people just found him super annoying at the time or something because I don't get it today cause it's just, it makes no sense. But Anthony Daniels had to come out in interview after interview to say like, yeah, I was treated kind of poorly in that film. And we're going to try to do better next time. It's just like, wow, this is bizarre to me to read. Yeah.
1: It's because Han Solo didn't like him and we were all in his <laughs> corner and and C-3PO was coming in when Han Solo finally made his move on Princess Leia and we were all so happy to see it and then here comes C-3PO just killing the moment like...
2: It's so
1: very man. personal, you know? Victoria. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. It's not that personal. It's fine. No, actually, I don't have a. I think C3PO was absolutely funny, but I do understand maybe like why some fans would have been like, "This dude is such a killjoy right now, just you coming know, all what? up in their space." Yeah,
3: <laughs> you know, you know why that this is the thing. You know, you know why if it, if he got a there was a backlash against C3PO, it, quite simply because in the event of st- of any of us. Any fan, any, anyone listening to this podcast, any of us here talking, in the event of us being in a Star Wars movie, we wouldn't be Han Solo. We wouldn't be Princess Leia. We'd be C-3PO. We'd be like <laughs> running around like headless <laughs> chickens, people firing us. You know, he, he's a he's a droid that's programmed for protocol and there's no protocol in the Star Wars universe. You know, it's right. guns and, and fighting and... Um, that said, though, I've ne- the, one of the one of the big mysteries of Star Wars to me, I've never I've never seen answered, is that when they go to yeah, this is very geeky, but I'm in the right place. Yeah, yeah. safe place. You're in a safe place, yeah. When they go to Endor, all the heroes are wearing like camo jackets and camo. 3PO walking around in the full gold <laughs> thing. Like, <laughs> That's a good What's point. What's the Great
1: point? point. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. A nice oh. gleaming everywhere.
2: Light is banging off of the like his his yeah. his outer shell.
1: Reflect him. It's just like he's a moving target. We're here coming yeah. at it. We're here. Yeah.
3: Coming. Everyone else is.
2: Yeah. It's strange. Jonathan. Yeah. And um uh, I mean your story's awesome, man. I mean, what are some what are some of the proud moments you have as as an editor over at Star Wars Inside? Like if you can think of, you know, a few, we'd love to hear them.
3: Oh, wow. Um I well, we managed to get Warwick Davis to come in to guest edit um, an issue for us. Nice. Which was absolutely amazing um, just to have him in the office and uh, got him to make tea for everyone and uh, tidy my desk for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, no, no, he came in and, and, and just was absolutely amazing. It was one of those days cool. where, you know, the the bosses that run the company, who are normally busy, hard at work running the company, they came down to see him, and we we you know uh, we had a great time. And he he's you know I'm sure you've seen him interviewed, and see, he's absolutely a delight, real delight. Um, that was a cool thing, really enjoyable. I mean, interviewing Mark Hamill was quite a yeah, that's quite a moment. Like. Yeah. It's one of those things you mustn't think about because suddenly, if you think about it, you're like, I'm talking to Luke Skywalker. (laughs) Um, Which, yeah, it was like, I I had to phone him at uh, like three in the morning uh, because of the time difference. So it was just really weird to be sat on my own in my apartment, you know, the lights off and just hearing Luke Skywalker talking down the phone. is really, I didn't, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I, and it, it, or
1: Joker, for that matter, too, because I can't oh, get that voice out of my head as well. <laughs> well
3: yeah. It's funny you say that because he—it uh, was the anniversary. I think his twentieth anniversary or thirtieth anniversary, maybe, of playing the Joker. So I, my initial thing was, oh, you know, congratulations, Mister J, on your anniversary. <laughs> and then he proceeded to talk to me in the Joker voice, oh and, was <laughs> <so amazing. laughs> and I was—I was think—and he—he kind of he spoke for about 2 or 3 minutes and i was thinking can i speak to luke skywalker now please <laughs> <laughs> terrifying um, oh, so yeah that that was quite a good moment but i mean the big the big thing with doing the magazine has been like you know meeting doing things like this obviously is great um you know moving on to do um <clears throat> um things like uh, we do special edition like souvenir magazines for the films oh, nice. that come out. And like I'm, I'm of the generation. Uh, I don't know if you, it was a thing in the States where you would go to the theaters and they would actually have magazines for sale in the lobby, like a movie magazine or a poster magazine. Mm. Um,
1: mm.
3: And it's kind of like, almost that tradition of a uh, you know a magazine tied into one specific film which is kind of nice so uh, that's nice but yeah it's it's meeting lots of lovely people on the way lots of the actors star wars actors um uh um trying to think uh, look you know look the fans as well the fans are just um absolutely lovely really really wonderful um we i've never I've never met a Star Wars fan I didn't like, so yeah Yay. That's, that's, uh, um, do, you, uh,
1: do you have a wish list of people that you like? These are the people I would love to get in the magazine that I have not yet accomplished yet
3: um, oh, well, yeah, um I'm just trying to think who have we not had in the magazine that I really would like to. I've never, um, uh, yeah, Harrison Ford, I think mm. would be a good one. He's, he, um, I mean, we've had him in the magazine, but I haven't interviewed him personally, but I think he's quite a tough interview yeah. um, from what I've seen. He's not, um, yeah, I think he's pretty tough. So um, I don't think there's anyone really, I mean, I'd love to do a, a big in-depth Interview with Kathleen Kennedy uh, at some point, but she's a very busy lady, so she's <laughs> kind of hard to to get. But um, um, I mean, really, like we've been very lucky; we've had really good access to the to the actors. Um, I mean, the only one I can think of that I'm really sad we didn't get was I never spoke to Carrie Fisher, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Yeah.
3: which would have been wonderful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, or, albeit, I think, quite a challenge for any editor because I think she 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 had quite a lot to say and it, 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 a certain way of saying it that maybe wouldn't always suit a a, a
0: family magazine, let's say.
1: <laughs>
0: oh yeah. Uh, you know, I have to say, Jonathan. You, like, oh, I'm sorry, Bevin. Go ahead.
1: No, no, you're fine. Uh, I was saying, have, uh, Jonathan, have you heard the story that Kara Fisher said about her fan interaction of a guy that approached her and said. Oh my god! I thought about you every day, and then, and then she said something like three times a day or something like that. Uh, she was just going around talking about this guy. Admitted that he masturbated to her three times a day.
3: Jeez, <laughs> like, oh, that wasn't cool was a cool time, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know, I don't
1: know. She she said it quite a lot. If and you, three months later, uh, they her. were married.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. I, uh, she said it quite a lot.
3: Yeah, she 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 really did. Like, the only time I I ever sort of um, nearly spoke to her was I tripped over Gary at her oh, no. convention. <laughs> Gary was on his leash, and, and I sort of was... I thought I was 10 years younger than I am now, and I leapt across the leash, but of course my foot caught on the leash, and the dog kind of went like that yeah. for a second and she, she Carrie gave me a bit of a scowl so um, hey you've been scowled at by Princess Leia that's not a bad thing
1: probably not you're the best right? time for an interview
3: though <laughs> in Peter Cush, link
2: there. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan, with like the, the landscape changing so rapidly and obviously the <clears throat> internet being such a huge, huge uh, open portal for information, how does Insider, uh, how did they adapt to, how do they adapt to obviously people just searching their news out with say Twitter or, you know, like breaking something at like speed for everybody because it's <laughs> just hitting us so fast now.
3: Yeah, um, well, <sighs> I mean, news is something that we can't really do because even if we get an exclusive, someone will scan it and put it online, you know, before we've even hit the newsstand. So that's, we don't, you know, obviously if there's a big news story, we'll report it, but we kind of like to just deliver information. So, hey, do you guys know that there's an an amazing Star Wars cookie jar coming out, for example, or... uh, or we'll get an author that's maybe behind a new Star Wars novel and we'll get them to just talk a little bit about it in the news section, just as a little sneak preview.
0: Mm.
3: So we don't really compete with that, uh, with um, the news cycle of things, just because you can't really beat the internet on that. It's it, news is rolling. And especially with Star Wars, it's always, you know, whenever we've, finished an issue and we've sent it to the printer you can guarantee the next day there will be a hey hey, there's new star wars movies coming out and we're like oh god and our (laughs) lead story is the one about the cookie jar great yeah (laughs) (laughs) so so what we rely on is um is well a couple of things firstly star wars fans are notorious collectors as we all know um so it's nice to you know you can't collect news stories or things from the internet you know it's it's you you can't put that on your shelf and have it there at night in a nice magazine with glossy covers and beautiful pictures so we try and our way of doing news or doing an exclusive thing for readers um is to try and find interesting photos for example and say you know there are certain pictures that i think as a dedicated Star Wars fan, I, I've seen so many times, I would be quite happy to never see again that, you know, there's the shot of Darth Vader where he's got his arm outstretched at Cloud City, but you know, and that if I see that picture again, I might go nuts. It's just, <laughs> it's so, it's just everywhere that picture. So we'll try and find an alternative image or a different take or, you know, something a bit different that, and I generally think like if, if I haven't seen it before, then hopefully other fans won't have seen it before and it would be something interesting and uh,
0: unique. You know I have to say too one of my favorite uh, exclusives you guys had was I feel like maybe 2012-2011 but it was uh, you had like the transcripts from uh, George Lucas the story meetings between George Lucas and Alan Dean Foster about Splinter of the Mind's Eye which was just so fascinating because this is a point where Lucas, you know, was still a little unsure. Are we going to get a sequel? Is it going to be the sequel I want it to be? Let's break this story together. And, you know, especially when uh, some people are a little vague, you know, the general audience is a little vague about Lucas's own involvement in Star Wars. Seeing that transcript, just seeing his own creativity was just amazing. And I was like, wow, this is incredible here. Um, I'm curious, like, tagging off that, like, how what's it like just to go through some of the the archives so to speak of lucasfilm and find all those things
3: well actually that was that was an interesting one because we were presented that by um, a chap that i think you probably know very well called jonathan rinsler yes who was preparing uh, one of his books and he said "Look, i've got this massive transcript that i can't use would you like to use it and i go yeah well i'll have a look and see it and i looked and i was like amazing like you know like you say it was such a, a snapshot of a time when george lucas i don't think they'd even dubbed the voice of darth Vader on so george i think was i'll get this quite wrong but i think he was sort of saying oh he wasn't sure if fader really worked as a villain you know the greatest villain of movie history but he wasn't sure um and so yeah i mean when we got that that was a that kind of blew me away because it was so um, it was such an interesting point. That's kind of um because Star Wars has been such a huge success, it's very difficult to think back, and there was a time before it was released where it didn't necessarily look like it was going to take off in the way it has. So so that was a lovely bit. I mean, the other the other ones we ran that were really good were we had interview, and I think they were the first Star Wars interviews with Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford hasn't changed a bit. Harrison Ford, the first thing he says in the interview was like how bored he is with doing interviews. So, you know, like uh, some sort of, Order is now 42, 43 years later. <laughs> and I don't think it'd be interesting to see if he's um, called at all to the idea of doing interviews. I don't think so. Um, so, it, but it, you know, and Carrie Fisher is exactly what you expect, you know, laughing and joking. And, and Mark Hamill, as ever, is Mark, Mark Hamill. Like, I don't think anyone quite believes in Star Wars as much as Mark Hamill. He's so, you know, this interview, he's so sort of. I love comic books, and I love you know uh, you know fantasy TV shows, and you know old George Reeves Superman, and and now I'm in this Star Wars thing, and it's exactly what you know I'm in the right place. That was kind of like how it felt reading his transcript back back then. So so yeah, stuff like that that gives you a snapshot of a period of time is is always really. I mean, we I'm trying to think the other one I liked. There was what there was a Carrie Fisher one where an interview I think it was around the time of Empire where the interviewer asked her, "Does she get lots of fan mail from young men?" <laughs> and she and she and she literally she just says like, "Are you kidding?" Yes, and it's just uh, and it's so sweet. They all want to marry me, and they were. I mean, <laughs> I didn't write any of these. I have to say, but they all, uh, you know, and and it's such a nice. Snapshot of that period and of that time when these these actors um, weren't these huge global megastars, but they were just starting, and they were just um, and it, you know it's kind of a smaller world back then, I guess.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, man. I mean, could you imagine a, a New Hope Star Wars being released in twenty seventeen? you know, and obviously, you don't have the precursor of like other films that, you know, you don't have the Lord of the Rings trilogy, you don't have the Matrix, you don't have anything, but like you have this, this cinematic spectacle, which nobody had seen prior to. I mean, you had Kubrick's 2001, you had other, you know, space kind of campy things that have happened, but with the internet, with what it is now, I just, I, I wonder what that would be if you could kind of swap places a little bit and see how it would affect the audience.
3: It'd be strange. I mean, I think it's, you know, it, when you release a movie, it's timing is so important. I think Star Wars was such a like if it's a if it was a couple of years earlier, or a couple of years later, I don't think it would have quite worked. But somehow, on nineteen seventy seven, end of the seventies, that era, it, it really, it really worked. Um, and it, it's interesting because I was talking to my wife earlier about how. Um, how like do little kids watch star wars that starts and do they find it too slow is it too and i really i i I hope not i really hope not i you know my own daughter's not quite old enough to watch it yet although we have tried (laughs) um uh, watch uh, (laughs) watch this holding (laughs) up um but um but yeah i I really hope because kids do watch those early ones and you know, okay, there's a pace to them that maybe isn't like necessarily fast-paced. They were fast-paced at the time when they were released. I remember that. You know, the editing was was deemed, wow, this is almost too fast. But <laughs> but I hope. Um, or oh, especially.
1: <laughs> so <Sorry>. it's <laughs> but, like okay. I'm holding in a sneeze, and I like yeah. Oh, that's a okay. good guy.
3: But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean. I, I mean, that's the other thing of Star Wars, actually. Sorry, I've just remembered the most important plus point and the, most, the best thing about editing Star Wars Insider without being mawkish is that it's my wife agreed to our first date because I was the editor of Star Wars Insider. Oh. Oh. So, oh. There it is. There it is. So yeah, she, I think she said, like, I, I need to meet the guy who edits Star Wars Insider. I, I can't you know imagine living your life thinking. Wow. <laughs> got on that date and I thought
1: so, so, <laughs> so yeah.
3: That's a yeah. great that's a great first story. Can you re-edit that so that, that's like the first thing I say with
0: also. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. <laughs> see what we can do. see what we can do. <laughs> I'm uh I'm curious too like what's uh what's on the horizon for Insider
3: Well um Insider uh, we've obviously with the the current Situation with the pandemic, we're sort of uh, we're not taking a pause. We're we're working on the magazine. Um, uh, I'm still involved, but there's a guy editing it now called Chris Cooper, who we must give a lot of credit to because he's a phenomenal editor and, and sort of pushing it even further than um, than I thought possible, and coming up with amazing features and, uh, and articles and so forth and interviews um so it's really covering so there's so much Star Wars coming out you know it, it there's it's just always you know it's, it's a magazine that's always going to be just full of stuff because there's too much almost mm-hmm. um you know when i first started doing it people would say ask me what i do and i said oh, well i edit Star Wars inside of say, can you really fill a magazine on Star Wars and it's like well yeah we could back then but only just but now there's so much extra stuff, you know. You've got the TV shows, you've got Marvel comics. Like you said, you know, doing pretty much every character. Um, I'd love there to be a Yaddle comic, by the way. Um, yeah. And you can do Baby Yoda. We need a Yaddle comic. You know? <laughs> we do. Um, <laughs> and um,
1: all the Baby Yoda.
0: Oh, I man. just want the Elvis hair. That's all I want in in uh, the Yoda Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh. Uh, um, And so really, yeah, I mean, so much so that we're doing these special titles. So we're doing a Mandalorian, a two-part Mandalorian art. Um, It's what they call it, a MOOC, and I'm never sure. It's either a MOOC or a Bookazine. It's it's not quite a magazine, not quite a book. Mm. Um, But we've got that coming out later this fall. Um, And then we've got... um, uh, various other things. I'm trying to think what I can say. Oh, I can tell you. You're fine. Um, no, one, no one listens to this podcast <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> we've got
0: oh.
3: we've got um, uh, books on on assorted films, uh, assorted films that are truly focusing on, say, the recent trilogy. Um, and I'm trying to think what the other one is. There's another one. There's... Uh, yeah, no, there's two. Sorry, there's two Mandalorian books coming up, and then a um, hopefully a look back at the Skywalker saga um, uh, in some form coming up later on as well. So, so those are ones that are more fo- or titles that are more focused on. They're like specials, you know. They're they're not necess- they're not Star Wars Insider, but they're Star Wars Collector's specials, if you like. Nice. Um, mm. And then yeah, the regular Star Wars Insider with uh, all sorts of um, sort of like more up-to-date stuff and more um kind of uh, various interviews and uh, uh features and sort of reports on on all the cool toys and things coming out all those baby yoda toys that are coming
1: out <laughs> oh, <laughs> all that baby like, yoda merch that's just gonna take over yeah everybody
3: loves the baby or the child sorry i should call it say baby yoda but the ch- the
2: child. it's
1: okay it's the baby it's baby yoda we all accept it it's, it's interesting how that name
2: has caught fire though because i even have friends that are non-star wars fans yes guys i do Step out of outside of our circle of Star Wars fans, but they'll, I know, I know, I I shun (laughs) them, I shun them. (laughs) But um, they've even asked me, you know, and it's not even clear to them. They'll go, "Well, hey, uh, when does this take place in the timeline?" Because Yoda is a baby here, and I go, "No, it's that's not Yoda. That's just the popular. <laughs> it's the popular name that this this child has been deemed." And they're like, "Oh, got it. Oh." So I think a lot of people that do not know the lore, that do not know the timeline, that just are tuning in because of either the fan hype or because of the show being so awesome. Because it is, it is. Um, I think that they're just. I okay. agree in there they're just they're like oh baby yoda baby yoda
1: he's just so cute
2: and that's why it's killing it because you were saying it's cute and then the guys are watching for the action and the ladies love the cute <laughs> baby yoda and then it's a meshing of
3: amazingness
1: uh, excuse me, I am watching it for the action I, I too. The it's video. badass. Oh,
3: okay. Okay. <laughs> it's amazing Thank how God. quickly people have forgotten about the porks, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> it's like, I want a yep. pork, I want a pork. Whoa, whoa, no, no, baby Yoda, yeah. bring
0: it on. Yeah, what was it? Uh,
1: no, I never, I never wanted the porks. The porks were just like, all right.
0: And they tried. Okay, they tried so hard to make what's his name, Baba F- Flick, Baba Flick, Babu Frick, Babu Frick from from episode five. They were like, "This is going to be the new thing." But then it's like, oh, "Nope, it's Baby Yoda. That's what it
1: is." It's still Baby Yoda. Uh, it's Baby. Yoda. I did like his little yeah.
0: cameos, though. I
2: loved his little cameos in Rise of the Skywalker. I really did. I had fun with those. Hey, hey. So, Jonathan, do you um you you said you'd love to see a Yaddle comic? I'm I'm totally <laughs> in agreement. With you. I'm totally in agreement. Is there a dream Star Wars? project do you like to see something that you think would be awesome
3: oh like a like a tv show or a
2: movie or anything you got the reins kathleen has called you you can either go comic you can go tv show you can go feature standalone.
1: video game
2: you get you got the reins jonathan you got the reins have fun
3: okay i'm just i know
1: i know He only asks the hard questions.
3: Do you know what? I'm I'm looking like I'm thinking. My mind's gone blank. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I'd really like to see? Just thinking slightly out of the box, I would really like to see... So so you've seen, or you're aware of the show The Crown, yeah? Yeah. Oh, I
1: love The Crown. Yeah, it's great. Love The Crown. It's great. Star Wars
3: The Crown, but so it's... The first season is set in the 70s where George Lucas is maybe go up to Return of the Jedi where he's making those films. So it's like a behind the scenes making of Star Wars. And then the second season is the prequels. And then the third season is the...
1: um, New trilogy.
3: Yeah, so it's kind of behind the scenes. I don't think they would ever do it. I don't think...
0: I, But I think it would. I would love that
3: I would think it I think it'd be really cool really interesting I think because the story of how the first trilogy was made yeah you know, it's fascinating. every movie had an element quite a big element of risk to it and you know and like we've said you know the first one they didn't even know if it was going to take off and George Lucas was you know bet everything on this thing working and it I just think that's an amazing story it's like yeah sure you no know, it, it's it's like sort of the making of Jaws, you know, the making of Jaws being this. Oh, yeah, you know, that's right. Oh, wow, it's all going to go wrong. It's all going to go wrong. Oh, my God, it's gone so right. It's the biggest thing ever. And then Star Wars comes along and does, you know, the same thing. So, yeah, I think that would be my. Is that a cheating answer? Nope. Have... That's a
0: S- great no, oh, answer. Brain. Right there. That's, I love uh, that. I, I think most people would have said, like, yeah, I want to see a Jedi Sith War movie or whatever, and that would be cool. <laughs> this, you, you said something I mean, that, would, that. that was very original. I love it.
3: Yeah, I love all that stuff, but I, I do think, like, for person, I know a lot of people do like this, but when Star Wars goes too dark, I'm not so keen you know i like it when there is the element of kind of silliness kookiness you know that, mm. that i think a good star wars film should have it should have cute robots making funny noises and you know cute little aliens squeaking at you every five minutes or whatever. it's because that's that's star wars you know that's what's cool i think if it, if you have these beefed up characters that are sith versus jedi you know it, it i think it hasn't got that quirky quality that i i necessarily that appeals to me anyway i mean you know i, mm-hmm. I know people people like stuff to be dark and like it to be you know really? they don't want what they perceive as silliness or daftness but i like that daftness and that silliness i mean the battle droids i i I think they're hilarious. I yeah. <laughs> Why do you think they're
0: really cool? I so can. yeah, anyway. Completely agree with you. Completely agree.
3: Well I'd
2: watch, Jonathan. I'd watch that show.
1: Okay. I would. I, I don't know if Disney would ever let it happen because I think in order for that show to be done really well, you would need to put it on a platform where, where you could show the variables of the growing pains of Star Wars and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think I think it could absolutely be made in like I don't know, thirty years, something yeah. like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I uh, she- like an entertainment timeline, thirty years. Yeah. We'll we'll develop it for a few
1: and then
3: we'll just we'll get to it. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back in thirty years and see what happens.
1: Well, I mean, with the Queen, the lot of stuff that they're, the Crown, with the Crown, the lot of stuff they're dealing with, the stuff that she dealt with in the 40s and the 50s and then jumped to the 60s and 70s, and they're not planning on going into um, where she is currently in her 90s reign and stuff like that. They were dealing with a lot of the drama that they're kind of, the public is kind of removed from in a way.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, It, it could work. It'd be, it'd be a funny thing to cast. I don't know who you would get to to play those those real life people, but um, right. yeah, obviously Olivia Coleman is. She could play George Lucas. She's that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. throw a beard. Throw a beard. Yeah. We'll live.
1: Why not? She's <laughs> great. Cool. Well, Jonathan, where can we find you in the interwebs and social platforms?
3: Right, so um, I'm on Facebook, but I never look at it. And frankly, it's a lot okay. of baby pictures so uh, of my daughter. So that's of no interest to someone. She, she's, she's much cuter than baby Yoda, but never, never mind. That's fine. Um, but Twitter, so um, I'm going to look up here because I've actually written it down. Uh, so I'm on Twitter at jdog_wilkins. Wilkins. All right. Okay. And Star Wars Insider is also on Twitter at...
1: It s- is indeed.
3: It's uh, at SW underscore Insider. And so okay. if you, you check out there, you can find out what's coming up. What's in the next issue? I think there's been a... <laughs> uh,
1: oh, you can't see it. You can't <laughs> yeah.
3: see it. It's on, it's Blue it's screen on my computer. On the laptop. <laughs> um, so you can find it. Yeah, find, find us there. And, um, and without... without sort of, um, being an anyway mortgage, it it's a, it's a tough time for everyone at the moment. And, um, certainly with publishing it's, it's a pretty tough time as well. So sure. if anyone buys a, uh, Star Wars Insider at the next Star Wars Celebration, I will buy you some blue milk.
0: Whoa. <laughs> so I have to say too, uh, I have to plug this as well. I, I love your... You also co-host a, a podcast on James. That's and right. And I have to plug that because it's called The Bondcast and it is fantastic. I absolutely love
3: it. Oh, thank you very much. Bondcast. Well. Uh, yeah, we, we do like one episode every six years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's great. Uh, great uh, when it's I think, Roger, I think
2: We're still on Roger Moore at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Who's next? Pierce Brosnan. He's, he's coming up next? Bro, oh, Timothy Timothy
3: Oh, that's Jason. right.
2: On, uh, hey, sorry, guys.
3: Sorry, I'm wrong, universe.
1: Wrong, wrong podcast, wrong in the universe. Yeah. You should read this. There. We'll there's,
3: there's a really good James Bond book you should read. We can, uh, yeah.
0: Oh, He's yes. Of uh, <laughs> course. It's called uh, Nobody Does It Better, put out by our benefactor, uh, Mark A. Altman and Ed Gross. And it's available now, hey. wherever uh, books are.
1: Plug to the producers. Yes.
0: That's right. Excellent.
1: Peter and Jason, where can also the folks at home find you?
2: Oh well, you can find myself on Instagram at the Jason Tobias. You can find me on Facebook under Jason Tobias on Twitter at the Jason Tobias, and then you can also follow our podcast on Twitter at the Rebel and the Rogue. I
0: think it's at uh, Rebel and Rogue at Rebel and Rogue. Thank you, Peter. You can follow us on Twitter (laughs) (laughs) at. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, Peter, where can I find you,
2: man? I am—I'm I, I, having work. to look it
0: up because so I've never plugged it But I am uh, <laughs> at Peter underscore Holmes. that's H-O-L-M-S, and then it's one one three eight. After that, so I think you can also just search my name and Peter Holmstrom, and that'll come up. And we are also on Facebook. If you just search Rebel and the Rogue uh our brand new facebook page where you can find a link to our new t-shirts as well so please support the show
1: heck and, yeah uh, we're getting some shirts
0: nice t-shirts you don't have to go to a store you don't even have to break quarantine you, they'll just ship it right to you it's great look at that that's like grubhub look at that to you and while comes you're out, to you. yeah and while you're out there you know please check out the
2: other podcasts on the electric now app which is available for mobile android iTunes, uh, Disco Nights, and Glorious Trexperts, 430 Podcast. You know, thank you so much to Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman.
1: Shout out to them. And yes, guys, I'm Bevan. You can find me at Bevan, the letter Y, not now, on Twitter, even though I rarely use it, and Instagram and Facebook. And yes, please go check out the Rebel and the Rogue, a star thing, mustache. <laughs> Star Wars! I didn't do it at the beginning. It's so good. I had to do it now. Um, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure, the Rebel Jonathan. The Rogue.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
3: Under fire and always in trouble. C3PO and R2D2.
0: The
1: Star Wars joins. Welcome to the collection of their greatest adventures.